Well, I, I, don't, I don't want you guys to walk away from here this day feeling beat up. You guys, any of you beat up yet? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I had a couple of guys goes, man, dude, someone's got to stop punching, right? And, and you know, I, I'm, our heart isn't to, to discourage you guys, but to encourage you. But, but we, you know, at first, you know, you got to realize, man, this is what we're up against. And then realize that, you know, we're, we're, we're not, without God, we're messed up, aren't we? Without Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for us and the power of his Holy Spirit, guys, we're, we're pretty, we're failures. And, and, I, and I think one of the things that amazes me is, is when you look at the life of Peter. Because kind of remember the picture that, that, that was painted for us in the scripture. You know, Peter, the, the, the macho guy. The, remember, remember Peter, Lord, I'll, I'll die with you. You know, I love you more than all these guys. It's me and you. That, that's how I see Peter. Remember, pulling out the sword and, the, you know, the servant of Caiaphas, you know, taking ears off and come on. But then, but then after Jesus is, is arrested, there's a little servant girl that comes and says, hey, you're from one of those guys, aren't you? No. Three times he denies Jesus. Can, can you imagine, you know, I think Poncho is the one who kind of brought up when, when, when they made eye contact with Jesus when that rooster crows and Peter turns around and, and Jesus right there and turns around and, they, and Jesus looks at him and, and, and he realizes, man, I did exactly what Jesus said I would do and I failed him. I, I in my own power, could never accomplish what I said, what I thought I could accomplish and, and I, 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 I want you to turn to John chapter 21, because I, I think there's a little insight here in, into what had happened. It's already, Jesus had already appeared to the disciples. Peter had already seen Jesus at this time. In chapter 21, we, we, we see that, and, and I'm, I'm convinced that Peter thought for sure his apostolic career was over, Right? Denied Jesus three times. I mean, how do you recover from that? And, and you know, how, how do you come back and go, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus, I'm the guy. You know, I'm going to stand up for you. After a servant girl comes and says, are you one of them? And you're like, no. Ch check it out, chapter 21. And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel, Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Guys, for, for, you know, now if I said I'm going fishing, that means I'm going, you know, taking my, my pole and, and putting some power bait on and I'm going to go sit at the lake and just kind of chill. If Peter says he's going fishing, you see, that was his livelihood. That was his career. That, that, that's what he had left behind. And when Jesus said, hey, Peter, come and follow me, he laid down his career, he laid down his life, and he said, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you're going to go. But after his denial, after, after his, his failure, even though Jesus had appeared to him already and assured him everything was okay, you see, Peter was at a point where, you know what, guys? 
I'm going fishing. I'm going back to my old career. I'm going back to my old livelihood. I'm going back to my old way. You know, it, 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 you know I, I, I can't do this anymore. And, and what's interesting is, is that it tells us that they said to him, we're going with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. The, again, these weren't amateurs. These were seasoned fishermen. They made a living fishing. And they were out all night fishing, and they came back empty. And I find that astonishing because, you know, someone who's a seasoned finished fisherman on the Sea of Galilee doesn't come back empty. And I believe, again, it's, it's you know, I can just see God's up there, you know, scaring all the fish away from his nets. So that nothing would satisfy him other than doing what God had called him to do, to follow him. And, and guys, this is, this is the thing. This is my prayer for all of us. That, that you would not be satisfied living life the way you used to live it. Or, or you know, just kind of doing things the way we always do things. Because, you know, God has called you to be men of God. Men of prayer, men of the word. He's called you to, to, to stay the course. He's called you to, to evangelize. That, but, you know, and I, I think sometimes we just feel like, man, I, I, I'm such a failure. I, I, you know, I try and I, and, I, and I always mess up and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hold on for a week or two weeks. And I don't think I've ever shared my faith. And, you know, you, you, you can get pretty bummed out and discouraged and just kind of feel like, man, I, I'm just going to go back fishing. Let me tell you something, man. You go back out fishing your old life, everything else that you left behind, man, you, you will never be satisfied. You'll never catch anything. Because you, you, you've, you've already tasted the real deal. You, you've, you, you've already got a, a, a grasp on what truth is. You'll never be satisfied out there. This world has nothing to offer you. It has nothing to offer me. The, the only thing it has to offer us is, is, that, is that you and I have the privilege of serving God here and, and trying to bring into the nets as many that, that he would give us the, the opportunity to bring in to his kingdom, right? Because they're no longer fishers of fish, they're now fishers of men. And God's called you guys to be fishers of men, to be about your fathers, doing the work of God and, and, and in the workplace and out of the workplace, in the recreation, you know, it, it was amazing. I, I started golfing a couple, um, last year I started golfing. Man, I, I've had more opportunities sharing with guys on the golf course than, it's been incredible. And, and you know, just two weeks ago, me and my boy were, were cruising around, three, maybe three, four weeks ago, we were cruising around on the golf cart, we were just trying to sneak in nine real quick, we just got messing around, me and my son. And, and there's this guy sitting on the bench, and, and it, it, was, it was the coolest thing. I sat there, and, and we just started sharing Jesus with him, man. He goes, man, I need something, and I know I'm all messed up, and I need God. And, you know, you're just going, man, Lord, I, I can be anywhere. And there's opportunities to, to share your love with somebody. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't have to be in the pulpit, and I don't have to be in church. And I, I, I can, be, on, I can you know, be at the baseball field at the golf course, or I can be at the workplace or wherever God may have you. But, but God doesn't want us to be defeated by this stuff, man, because we haven't done it. He, he wants you to be encouraged by it. And I believe that's true because of what I see in the life of Peter. Look at the next verse. Check this out. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. 
And the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. You see, now, now, now what, what, what are they doing? They're obeying the commands of Jesus again. Jesus says, hey, guys, th- throw the net over on the right side. And, and they, they, you know, they toss the net over on the right side. And, and, and all of a sudden, they're going, what's that? And they're pulling in. And I believe it's one of, the, one of the writers. I don't think it's in this text. He says there was 153 fish. I mean, he counted 153 large fish. I, I don't know if you guys enjoy fishing, but 153 large fish, baby, that's it. You hit the mother load, right? He says they were, it was so full that the nets were breaking and they literally had to jump out of the boat to drag the net into the ground, I mean, onto the shore. Now, now what, what amazes me is that, is that when, when, when they were trying to do things their own way, they were empty, but as soon as they started to obey the words of Jesus again, they had the catch. And guys, you know what? You, you could have been in that place where you haven't been obeying the words of Jesus, but the moment you turn around and start to obey the words of Jesus, man, God restores and God heals and God begins to blow your mind. And, and, and it's, it's not something to walk away defeated about. It's something to go, man, this is what I need to begin to apply to my life. These are the things I need to begin to do. I am a failure without God. I, 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 I can't accomplish anything. I'll catch nothing. I'll never be gratified, never be satisfied unless God's the one guiding me. Unless he, when he speaks, I listen. Check, check this out. Look at the next verse. and We're, we're, we're going to cover some ground here, but I, I, I want you to just kind of get the context here. So they cast. They were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. The fish. And then verse 7, therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for it had been, he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. I never got that verse. I still don't get that verse. You know, you, you got your clothes off, and then you go, I'm going to put my clothes on so I can jump in the water. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Just an observation. Verse 8. The other disciples came into the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits dragging the net with them. And as soon as they had come to the land, they they saw a fire of coal there and the fish laid on it and bread. And they said to him, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Does does that blow your mind? Now, now, who's the one who caught the fish? Think about it. Jesus gave the credit to the disciples for catching the fish, even though Jesus is the one who did all the work. Hey, throw your net on this. I mean, you know, he's the one instructing them all the way, and all they're doing is doing it, and they go, hey, guys, bring all those fish you just caught. And, and I think another thing that strikes me as you read that text is that, is that all, there's a, a coal of fire. Now, I, I imagine that Peter's having flashbacks right now. Remember where he denied the Lord? There by the fire, warming his hands, kicking back. 
you're one of those. And he sees the fire and, you know, kind of probably makes eye contact with Jesus again. You know, just feeling defeated again. Feeling like, man, I, you know, what, what, I have nothing to offer him. I, have, I, I, I know who I am. I know what I'm, you know, what I'm all about. I'm messed up. And they bring the, the, the fish over. They start, they start to eat of it. And I, I want you to jump to verse 15 now. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jodah, do you love me more than these? I, I, I love that, 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 that Jesus just kind of, and I, this is why I'm convinced that Peter still with his head down, still feeling embarrassed for his actions, still, still feeling defeated for everything he had done, because Jesus singles out Simon Peter. He says, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, remember, it, it was Peter who said, you know, I, you know, even though all these guys forsake you, Lord, you know, I'll never. Do you love me more than these? Did you, maybe he was looking at the fish. Love me more than those fish, Peter? Do you, you love me more than your old life? Do you love me more than all the other stuff? And, and what's interesting is that Jesus uses the word agape there. He uses the word, do you unconditionally love me, Peter? And Peter's response was, Lord, I phileo you. I, I, I have great affection for you. I, I have a great liking to you. That's what that word means. But he, I, I, I cannot say that I unconditionally love you because Peter was at that place where he, he knew that in his own power he could never do, say that again because of his failures and because of his faults. And he was walking around, you know, just in, in this place where Jesus is now trying to minister to him. And he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And, and, and then he says this. You know that I fillet you. And he said, feed my lambs. What did, what, did, what, did, what did Jesus just do to Peter? He just put him back into the ministry. Even though he had failed them. Uh, you know, what, what I would consider probably the worst failure in all of history. Right? I mean, how do, you, how, how do you fail any more than that than, than Jesus, the one that you have vowed that you would, and, and he, you know, he's sitting there being betrayed and, and you're sitting there denying him before everybody. And Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me? Do, do you really like me? <laughs> Go and feed my lambs. What, what, what's the heart of Jesus? It's the people, man. Let me tell you, husband, the heart of Jesus is that you love your wife. And you may have failed. You may have been a horrible husband. You, you may have done things that are horrific. And, and, and God's not saying, you knucklehead, I hate you. Or he's saying, you know what? Get back in there and do what you're supposed to do. Don't give up. Don't feel defeated. Go down there and, and begin to be the dad that you need to be. And, and, you know, your kids may even be raised and they're already living out of the house. You know what? Go back in there and love on them and let them see the change life that Jesus can do, that he can accomplish. Three times, Jesus asked him the same thing. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? And, and Peter says, I phileo you. And then the third time he says, Peter, do you phileo me? <laughs> 
He says, you know, Lord, you know that I phileo you. God, I, 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 and, and I think what, what amazes me about the whole picture here and the whole scene here is that every time Peter acknowledged it, he said, let me tell you, if you love me, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go down there and care for the people that I've entrusted to you. Every time. And whatever influence you may have within your marriage, within your home, within the workplace, whatever realm God may have in you, whatever station in life you may be in, you know what? You go out there and feed his sheep. Go out and love on the people that God has put around you. Go down there and be a leader and, and a man of God so that people can see you begin to live that life that, that, life that God has called you to live as a, as a man of God. And you know what? The behind you is behind you, man. You gotta start now. Now. God, I, 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 I want to do this. I want to live my life for the kingdom of heaven. I want to live my life for the glory of God. Check it out. Look at verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you did not wish. And he spoke signifying what death he would, be, he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Man, that's heavy. Because now God's saying, you know what, Peter, you love me. Let me tell you what's going to happen now. You used to be the, 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 the pilot of your own ship. You used to be the one who called the shots. But no longer is that going to happen. From now on, you're going to be led. And you're going to go places you never thought you would go. You would do things you never thought you would do. Because now I'm going to be leading you. You see, guys, that's the radical thing about Christianity. It's nothing that you and I could ever do. Remember Peter standing up in, in, in Jerusalem, right where Jesus was crucified after denying him three times, and he preaches a sermon right there in the temple steps, right there in, 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 there in, you know, in that arena, and it, the scripture says that Peter boldly stood up and said, you guys crucified him, and he went all the way through the history of Israel and said, you guys always reject, and, and, then, and then he stands up and he says, you know what, man, repent and, and you know, be baptized, and it says 3,000 people got saved that day. That was the same Peter denying, hiding, the one that was all messed up. What was different? The power of the Holy Spirit upon his life. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't, it wasn't any, Peter knew that he was a failure. Peter knew that he couldn't stand up to the pressure. He knew that if someone threatened him, even a little girl, a servant girl at, at, at most, a servant girl threatens him. He's going to deny the Lord. But now here he's standing before thousands, before and all the leaders and everyone who, who, who crucified Jesus. And he's standing up and he's boldly professing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Peter understood, I could never do it, man. But the day Pentecost takes place, now the Spirit of God is in me. And now it's not me leading my life anymore. I'm being led by him. 
And guys, I think the sooner we come to that realization, that conclusion, that realization that, you know what, God, I have nothing to offer you, but you come into me and you begin to guide me and lead me. Now we got something. And, 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 and I think here's a key here, and I think Jesus put this right in this text for a very, very specific reason. It's a key because what, what, what Jesus does is, is that, you know, he's, he's talking to John in the next section here, and he's talking to, to um, John about, about something else. So look at verse 20. And Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. We know that to be John following, who had, who had leaned on his breast at supper. And he said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord... What about this man? And Jesus said, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. I, I, I love that he puts it in that very context, in that very place, because, because what, what happens is John comes in and John's, you know, having this conversation with Jesus. Now, Jesus has just told Peter, Peter, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to die a, a martyr's death. The Spirit's going to take you places you didn't even want to go, and, and you're going to, you know, and, and, and he tells us in verse 19 that he's signifying the death that he would glorify God in. And, and so he's going, what about John? How's he going to die? Or what about John? And, and Jesus, who cares about John? What's that to you? And guys, I, I think that, that, is, that is where you and I got to stand right now. Because we see a world that, that, that's, that's buckling and wavering when it comes to their Christian walk. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but there, there's this pastor, that, uh, Terry Long, this, this I mean, 25,000 people church that just got caught for having relations with young boys. And, and you know, it breaks your heart because let me tell you what you see in the media is like, look, here, here's these Christian guys, and he was a faith, the name it, claim it, you know, guy, and you know, some, someone that... I don't think was teaching truth anyway, but, but the reality is, is that, is that they paint the picture that this is what all Christianity is. We saw what happened to Hagar just a couple of years ago, you know, his, his whole issue that he had, you know, the, almost the same thing, drugs and homosexual relationship. And, 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 you know, you look at the rest of the world and, and you see people who stumble and fall who are supposed to be in, in the ones that are leading. And the world goes, oh, what about him? What about him? Maybe you've had a friend, that, that, or even, maybe, even, maybe even a spiritual leader that you've seen fall into some horrid sin or do something horrific and, and, and just blaspheme the name of Christ, and, and you're going, what about him? You know what, man? It's not about him. It's about you. You follow him. It's you following Jesus. And guys, that's what we've been called to do. Can, can you imagine how devastated the other apostles were when Peter denied Jesus three times? Peter was the leader, the rock. Peter, you're a, your name is Pebble, but I'm going to make you a rock. And they're going, oh, what happened to our rock? He got crushed. He got broken. But it's not until he was crushed and broken that he could be used by God. And guys, you know what? Us walking away from here, man, my, my prayer is that we've been crushed and we go, man, there's a lot of things I've got to change. There's things in my life that I, I, I man, that are that just, you know, messed up. Whatever they may be. But you know what, man, today, 
Today, man, the power of the Holy Spirit can transform you if you're a broken man and you come and say, God, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Come in and take over. Lead me wherever you want me to go. Whatever you want me to do. You see, this morning, this, this, this evening, as we're going to wrap it up, man, we're going to partake of communion. Guys, what, what makes it even possible for us to gather together is the bread and the blood. That's it. Without that, man, all of us are disqualified. Without that, man, all of us will be separated from God forever. But God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life. God's love, sacrificial love. And he wants to come in and he wants to empower you to be the man of God for such a time as this, for the days that we're living in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you've allotted us. That we have the opportunity to just get away from our busy life, our our crazy world, and just to be refreshed, to be transformed, that's our cry. That's our, that's our desire. Lord, this day that we've set aside that we wouldn't go back to things the way they were. That we have been challenged. Challenged to be men of God. To live Christianity according to this book, according to your word. That you would give us a burden, God for our world, for our own families, for our own wives, for our own children, for our neighbors, for our backyard, for our neighborhood. And that God, because of it, things will never be the same. May you fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. 